y'all. Welcome to Fast Cars and Freedom, your worst take network NASCAR podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I'm joined by my boys, Chris and Matt. How's it going, guys? What up, girl? What's up, everyone? So, we didn't record last week, and I apologize to everyone. I just had surgery and then developed some complications afterwards, so I just was not really feeling it. Nah, um, you good girl. You ain't got to apologize. You got to take care of yourself. Yeah. But this is episode 18. Kyle frickin' Bush. Oh, KFB himself. Mm-hmm. You know Kyle Bush once got a speeding ticket in North Carolina for going like 128 miles an hour in a, in a 45. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe it. Holy cow. I think I was... Did he think he was in one of those Jeff Gordon Pepsi commercials or something? Funny. <laughs> he was actually test driving Alexis when he did it, and he claimed that he just got carried away. Oh, man. I wish I could use that excuse. I know, right? Oh. Well, I remember, I, I, think I, was, I think I was stationed in North Carolina when it happened, or I was on leave visiting family in North Carolina. I can't remember, but I was definitely in North Carolina when it happened, and it was all over the news. That's, Everywhere. That, that's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. How many days? Do y'all know? I was trying what, to Google uh, it. till Daytona. No, no, I no. We're in the, I think we're in the 60s. Well, not just that. I do want to know that now. But um, how many days was it between Kyle's win in in 2019 and Kyle finally winning in 2020? Oh, I can't remember Kyle's last one in 2019, but. It, I mean, it almost reached like a year. I wonder if um, it's 61 days until the Daytona 500. I wonder if uh, Alexa's got that kind of... Uh, she heard me. I wonder if Teresa's got that kind of knowledge. <laughs> I bet. Well, ask her. She's sitting right there. Alexa, how many days was it between Kyle Busch's win in 2019 and Kyle Busch's win in 2020? Oh, she's dumb. Not a NASCAR fan, apparently. She's not cultured. <laughs> Put her damn life together. <laughs> uh, well, I'll Google it eventually. Um. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle had a Kyle had a hell of a year, didn't he? Yeah, one race from the reigning champ. That's gross. Yeah. One. I got a question for you guys. With Kyle Bush being the... <laughs> I was wondering if we didn't acknowledge you when you said you had a question, no, how long just, it was going to take for you to ask your question. <laughs> I, I always ask these people because I think like two or three years ago, that's when I started getting a lot of my friends into NASCAR. And at that time, that's when Kyle Bush was just on a, just a havoc of just winning every single race that he was pretty much in, especially any truck or Bush series race that he was, or sorry, Xfinity now, uh, race that he was in. And he seems to have taken the mantle of the the, vil the villain. 100%. And, and every sport has had a villain that, you know, you kind of hate, but it seems like NASCAR, you always need that. I think in the early 2000s, a lot of times, like Tony Stewart would kind of play that role where he would win races, but also not really care about people's feelings just like kyle does now 
Um, yeah. There was a point in time where Jeff Gordon was viewed as a villain, even though he was winning races and not necessarily the most popular guy on the track. Do you guys think like Kyle Busch has reached that level where he can kind of branch out and like the the popu- like the population of people that watch NASCAR view him ultimately as the villain that everyone wants to see get beaten? So I feel like like this year was a struggle for him, and everyone was. Ha- I feel like the majority of people were happy when he did win because everyone kind of wants to root against him. But at the same time, him being successful, he was not competitive at all of the season. And I think when he won, everyone was kind of glad or relieved that, you know, it wasn't like a fluke. You can't you can't root against a villain if he's not up there contending. You know what I mean? So it's like right. he's got to be in the mix to even be considered a villain because I think if Austin Dillon uh, could win more often, I think he could play a villain role. I think there's a lot of drivers who have that capability because of their mouths or their attitude or just the way they're perceived by the by NASCAR fans, but they're not up there constantly. Like they're not talked about. We're not seeing them in a victory lane every month. So uh I I I think I think one hundred percent everyone liked seeing Kyle finally win this year at Texas because it's just like Dell Senior I think he was a villain for people who didn't like him. I was a senior fan, so I never understood why people didn't like Dell. Um, but I do know that if you didn't like Dell, you hated him. There was no in between. There wasn't like, oh, Earnhardt's all right. Right. It was love or hate. And then when Dell finally won the 500 in what was 98, uh, 98, 99, 98, right? When, yeah. yeah when Dell finally won it, Everyone, every single fan of the sport, every team member, everybody was so happy for him because it was the one race he couldn't win. So I think Kyle, uh, honestly, I don't even remember your question, Chris. Well, I, I think my real question was, do you guys feel that he's reached that level of, you know, the the sports villain? You know, everyone, he's, that, he's kind of just that oh, 100%. sheep of NASCAR. 100%. Um, you know him not him not winning this year up until Texas kind of just you know left up into the air like with the new package with the lower horsepower the, the car just never fit with him and we look at the past years where he would just dominate races I mean he still dominates the Xfinity and the, and the truck races but when it came to Cup which is you know the only thing that people really care about because I think he's getting ready to reach what two hundred and what three races if he yep. the next three. three races yep yeah. So, you know, to me, I feel like every sport needs a villain. Kyle Busch has been that villain, but this year has been a really bad year for him. So I'm hoping he would bounce back. And I guess my question was, I just want some validation, you know, from you guys that he, in y'all's mind, was still a villain. Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of that excitement came from, too, like, like you were talking about Dale. Even though you hated him, you like to see him achieve something like that. And with kfb winning that race he's maintaining like 16 years in a row of winning at least one race just one this year (laughs) yeah but he still got his streak going and i like like, how far can this man take this streak no i think that's super cool like records that'll never be broken yeah kind of thing like kyle's kyle's 200 wins i don't think well i mean because he's gonna get it i don't think that's i don't know he's got he's got records so I agree with that. Like, 
16 years is super dope. You want to see that happen, whether it's your guy or not, like just seeing it and witnessing history like that is so cool. And then being alive to see something like that happen is I think amazing. Cause there's a lot of records that'll never be broken that we weren't around to see. Right. And in the, the rules and like the whole game changes too. So they'll uh-huh. never ever be broken. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm not, like, I like Roger Maris, the 61 home runs. <laughs> yeah. Huh. They took that asterisk off, though. Fair. It's weird that, you know, things have to have asterisks in some, some sports, some stats. Right? Does Mark McGuire have an asterisk on his, or was it completely taken away because he was shooting up? I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to look it up. So does no. Kyle Busch get an asterisk because he only won one race? Kyle Busch should have a freaking asterisk on his first championship. Uh, yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that. Um, I do and I don't. I mean, he came back during the, he did. during the middle of the season, and he did do what was required of that waiver. That waiver required him to be, I think, in top 30 in points, which isn't hard when most of the it, competition it, in the 30s is, you know, way back there. No, that's it's so easy to end up in the top. I could go out there and end up in the top 30 at least one one race. Yeah. Uh, Especially because you just go out there and start dumping people. Right? Pull a Clint Boyer and just knock out the last freaking 12 drivers or whatever that's out there. Yeah. You know, that incident, I feel, changed the course of a lot of people's lives in NASCAR just by the fact of them getting fined and Boyer having to go and, you know, Truex. Like, I, I think that affected Truex, that affected Boyer, Michael Waltrip, obviously, but he wasn't, you know, Mike, Mikey was kind of just part-time anyways at that point in time. But, man, that, that whole incident kind of changed, like, everybody's careers. And I don't think Truex would have been who he is today without that incident. Yeah. You know what's so funny? I was there when Truex won at Vegas in 2016, 17, 2017. Yeah, that's when he was on tear. Yeah, and that was when he won his championship, and that was when the point system first started. I remember watching him win at Vegas. Oh, Jimmy was running that uh, Cobalt all black, I think. I think that was the car he was running, all black with the white racing. Oh, what a sexy car. But uh, I was there when Truex won that race, and it was the first year they had the point system. When I was watching him drive and just the way he was manipulating the points and, like, other drivers weren't taking it so seriously and, like, being out there for it because they didn't ha- understand the implication or their teams didn't get, like, the, what it, how it would end, how it would affect the season, I guess. I don't know. Truex's team was so smart that year, but I remember watching him at Vegas, and I was like, this dude's going to win the freaking championship. That usually seems to be the case. Like, the first first team that can get a solid grasp on, like, whatever that is new that's implemented mm-hmm. usually just comes out on top. Right. Because they, they start, like you said, manipulating the points and stuff way sooner than anybody else. Like, oh, man, this is what we need to be doing. By then, it's too late. Yeah. Super smart. Super smart of him and his crew. 100%. Plus, we got that op- awesome compilations of your stage winner, MTJ. That will never get old. Mm-mm. I'm always going to love it. You know what I wanted to talk about today, though, is like, it's funny because one of the things I was going to bring up is something we've been talking about. I was wanting to talk about like the craziest things we remember from this season. And I was going to like 
I had two and well, I kind of had three, but then one of them was like Chase Elliott winning his first championship, but I don't really even consider that crazy because I called it before the Daytona 500. And then the other one was Kyle Busch only winning one race this year. I thought that was insane. And then that Daytona 500, for real, uh, that Ryan Newman was probably one of the craziest things I've seen. That was the first thing that came to mind when you said that. Yeah. Right? Because, like, I remember... Because we really haven't seen wrecks like that a lot recently. Ever since they started it's putting been a them, while. right, them flaps in. Because we saw what the last time we really saw that was at Carl Edwards at Talladega or Daytona, or one of the two. And well, was, was not, well, no, 20, 2015, Austin Dillon decided to say hi to the fans. Right, but I'm saying Carl Edwards is before that, was he not? Uh, yeah, in what, 2009? Something like that. And it's yeah. like, the whole front end of his car, side of his car, ended up going through the catch fence. And, yeah, awesome Dylan. But it's not, like, super, super common anymore where back in the day we saw that kind of stuff all the time. But Newman's wreck was just probably the craziest thing all season, I think. I can't believe he walked away from that, to be honest. What was it, two days later? It was, yeah. Yeah. It was hella quick. Man. Because they had that picture of him walking out of the hospital with his kids, with no his shoes. Daughters, yeah, no shoes on. I think a lot of fans, a lot of younger fans, don't realize. Like, I, I'm about to reach my 30s. I, I'm not sure, like, what your guys' age are. I it's think it's not your business. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I swear, I, you know, every I remember... week you say some rude shit. Oh, why don't you ask every me how much week. she weighs, Chris? Yes. Yeah. You want to comment on my thing. snacking right now too? Can you hear my jelly beans? That's my thing. I got and pomegranate jelly, jelly beans. beans. Uh, pomegranate? They're bomb. I order them from pomegranate Amazon. Pomegranate anything does not sound good. Neither do pickles. You're stupid. I, just, I got a you pound know, of no, pomegranate that, jelly beans. I'll leave that to the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, us growing up, I, you know, I remember Rusty Ball was flipping, you know, more times than the age I am now. That man used to flip all the time. Ryan Newman, in his career, that man's been he's had cars to land on him mm-hmm. that's been flipping at talladega i remember him at daytona 500 that he flipped a couple of times and i remember that car catching on fire who was um, it who it was somebody a couple of years ago was it was it it was a big boy who's the driver that's what oh, ryan uh, uh brendan gone brendan gone that's what that's what i thought but i was like is that the right person Brendan gone did it a couple of years ago too remember and i remember thinking like how did he get so much air Cause that's a big boy. Brendan yeah. laughed about that. He did. He got right out the car and laughed. It was like I can't believe it. What a wild ride. I remember back in the day, you would see somebody wreck and they'll roll like five, six times. You're like, oh, that was a pretty good one. But this guy, he went for like twelve. Huh. And it's just amazing how far the sport has come, man. Literally. Those flaps are insane. Was it Davy Allison? Like. His face was so swollen he couldn't even open his eyes from the the G's that he was pulling while he was flipping. And when he went to qualify at the next race, he had them tape his eyes open so he could see because his face was too swollen to hold his eyes open. That, that sounds was very familiar. Yeah. I didn't know that. I I, I, knew, I remember Ricky Rudd doing something like that, but I know Dave, I didn't know Davey Allison did that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and then they did an interview with him, and they asked him because he was wearing glasses the whole time. 
They asked him to take his glasses off. He pulled them off and his, oh my God, his eyes were just red, blood, just full of blood. It was, he was like, are you sure you want to see this? They were like, yeah, show us. Disgusting. Man. Those men were Iron Man back in the day. They were a different breed, that's for sure. But I mean, back to Ryan Newman, like the flip, the flip itself was already scary. But then when he landed and he got hit right on his door, Matt and I were pacing and like we were teared up and we were trying to like, we just kept trying to get updates and we were like searching the news and on Twitter, like waiting to see if he was okay, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, like, I think at like one o'clock in the morning, we got told that he, he was all right. When it happened, yeah. almost immediately, I looked at Steph. I was like, "We just watched Ryan Newman die." Uh huh. Uh-huh. We got like, so yeah, I think the, I almost threw cover- up. Yeah, the coverage of it. They they showed the crash a couple of times, but then when they realized like how the, bad the medical yeah the medical crews were out there and they're like yeah we gotta like cut them out we gotta figure out something like that's when they like stop broadcasting necessarily like his you know his incident and that's when they went to like one of those phases where you're like I I don't know if this man's alive anymore. Mm-hmm. I think I just, yep. I think I saw someone get killed on, you know, live TV. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, thankfully, thankfully, you know, they, the news came out and then a couple of days later, bam, walked out after, you know, that's a horrendous crash. Yeah. Um, I, I praise NASCAR for the safety and innovation that they've had over the cars over the last couple of years, because we've seen some nasty wrecks and those cars, even though, you know, they're on ovals and they, and they run, you know, 190 miles into a corner, it's still, there's still danger. And I think that's a lot of things that people just, they, they take for granted, that there's still a danger when these guys go every single lap. 100%. Yeah, that was, too... go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, anything could happen at any point, man. You never know. No, the fact that Ryan Newman survived that is absolutely insane to me. And it's, you know, it's funny because I was actually talking to Jackson about it the other day. I don't know if it was the other day or a couple of weeks ago, but I um, I think I was like watching Radioactive or something and the Ryan Newman wreck came on and Jackson was just shocked that he walked away from that. And I was like, you know, it's insane. I was like, let me show you how Del Earnhardt died. And then I pulled up that video, which Matt knows I can't watch without crying, but yeah. I pull up that video and Jackson's like just shocked. He's like, that killed him? And I was like, yeah. I was like, but that's how far this sport has come. Ryan Newman walked out of the hospital two days after this wreck. It's just absolutely insane. And he decided to take, a, you know, obviously he has some medical stuff, what, you know, CTE and everyone's looking at his brain and concussions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But he probably could have went and raced next week. And you look at that wreck compared to like Kyle Busch's wreck that I think he had in the Xfinity series where he, what, he broke both his legs or his one? I have both his legs. Yeah, so like Kyle Busch had a, a wreck that obviously that one was bad also. But if you look at that, and then if you showed that side by side, you would have thought that you know Ryan Newman would have died, and Kyle Busch probably would have been okay. Yeah, okay. When 100%. you look at those types of wrecks, and it's it's absolutely amazing. I I don't know what angel that man has behind him. Seriously, but, you know, I, <laughs> I I like the I like the I like the, maybe Stevie like the Iron Man. maybe now that uh everyone's retired from the sport. Maybe Stevie Waltrip's putting little prayers in his car like she used to do for... Didn't she used to do it for Junior? 
she did it. She's done it for a couple drivers. She would maybe Jimmy Johnson. I don't know. She'd write little play, prayers on index cards, and some of the drivers would tape them inside their cars. That's legit. Daryl Waltrip's wife. Know any of that? Yeah. You know what? This has. That's kind of scary too. It's like, wait, why are you doing this for me? Do you have like a bad feeling <laughs> something's gonna happen? She, she did it every single week for. I'm pretty sure it was Junior. She did it every week for him. It wasn't a one time thing. It was it was consistent oh, throughout God. the season, <laughs> right? I'm she just walks up this. to you before that race and hands you it and be like, "I've never done this for you before, but I'm gonna do it today." I'm be like, "All right, I'm gonna get out of this race car." Yep, I'm gonna go ahead and need to find another driver. Oh. Call my backup. That's, that's bad juju right there. Um, yeah, you know what? This has nothing to do with 2020 where you're talking about crazy wrecks. Do y'all remember when Mark Martin wrecked on pit road or in the pit wall at Michigan? And like, Mm. God, that was, it was Michigan. I'm pretty sure it was Michigan. It was like 2012. I think I was stationed in North Carolina. Oh yeah, you're right. Cause I, Cause I think he, he what backed up into. No, he didn't the, back like, up, girl. He came flying down pit road, and his car turned sideways. And there's that there's that gap in the wall for so you can go to the garage area. And uh, his car that was my alarm for my my pain meds. Uh, I was like, who the hell is playing guitar uh, right now? My 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 phone was telling me to take my pills. Um. But yeah, his he's sliding down pit road at like a hundred and forty, fifty miles an hour. Oh, I remember and that what you're gap, talking about. And that pit wall comes right behind his driver's seat slit and then oil go. goes everywhere. Yeah, I remember that. I was man, I was sitting there thinking like Casey Kane poking over and like he hit like the helmets and stuff at that low wall. Uh-huh. But yeah, I completely forgot about Mark Martin's. Oh my gosh. It was like right behind him. Right behind him. Literally one yep. foot one foot further up. That, that man's yeah. dead. Yeah, that could have been a real game changer. That blew my mind, and he got out, and he was laughing about it. Whew. I don't even know. It's like you said, girl, it's a, it's a different breed. I miss Mark Martin. I miss that, that sweet little bridesmaid. Yeah. Maid of honor. I don't know. Man. Anyways. What's some other crazy things that happened in 2020? Uh, I think just for the sheer fact of COVID. It, that when we had <laughs> when we had COVID and we came back in the first race, the person that should have won that race, and I'm saying a, a probability, if we were talking about probability stats, Chase Elliott should have yep. won the first race back and ended up getting absolutely dumped <laughs> by KFB, who was this yeah. episode's, you know, this is this is his episode uh to see him turn around and the last race after covid you know after the 2020 covid season Chase Elliott wins. Uh, he's, he wins and stands up top as a champion i think that's a crazy stat for me uh, i like that a, chris that's he, a good one he i don't know he chase elliott this year was very weird i didn't think chase Elliott was going to win championship this year just because the man early on had a bunch of wins or a decent finish you know, secured and something. It was always he does have the dumbest luck, doesn't that, he? Yeah, exactly. Like so, exactly like see, that. Just, like Kyle Bush, yeah, Chase Elliott come away with it, which is weird to me. 
No, I really like that, Chris. I like that a lot. I totally, I understand where you're coming from. Chase has some of the dumbest luck in the world, but I thought, I, w I remember watching him drive, and what did we have, three races before COVID? It was like three or four, wasn't it? Daytona, was four? it Daytona? Vegas. I'm just trying to name all the races. Daytona Phoenix, because it was the last one. Uh, Vegas, because Joey won that one. Yep. And then Kevin Harvick won one, right? I don't know if... Atlanta? No, Atlanta no. was the week that they canceled it. I can't remember. I think it was either three or four races. Yeah. Well, I think it was more than three. I know. I remember watching Chase. I don't know. I just had a good feeling about it during the Daytona 500. I told Matt. And I remember thinking before COVID, every time I watched him, like this kid has got a good chance this year. And then when we came back from COVID and he should have won, what, like the first three or something? He should have won Darlington, should have won the Coca-Cola 600, I think. Um, that was Willie B's fault. Should have won. Well, you can't blame it on Willie B either. 100% I can. Dude. Hold on till you're, to your tire until we get that green-white checkered, boy. Ridiculous. <laughs> you just limp around that track. Come down pit road. Uh, Anyways, he should have won a few before he finally got his win after the Coca-Cola 600 second time at Charlotte. Then I thought he had a good chance at Bristol. Granted, I don't think he came in first at Bristol because I think Joey did win that race had he not taken Joey out. But he was still up there. I thought that kid had a great season. And then it kind of, I don't know, it kind of died off a little bit after the Daytona Roval. But then he came back and won the Charlotte Roval and then Martinsville and obviously the championship. So, But he also won the truck race this year, a truck race this year for the Bounty on Kyle Busch. And then he also won the um, All-Star race. Didn't count, but I mean. Make that money. Yeah. It didn't count, but he won. Under glow and everything. Uh huh. I thought it was pretty crazy that NASCAR went to the extent they did and still gave us at least eye racing. I thought it was so freaking awesome. That was the best. Well, that was like a month. It was like four or five races. Um, five. So I know Willie B won three. Willie B won three, and the first one was like Denny. And I think, I know Junior came in like second on at the first one. And I can't remember who won the second one, and then Willie B won the final three. Cause that that was pretty crazy for me. I never thought I'd be sitting in my living room watching NASCAR video game kind of thing. And then you see your driver win it is pretty cool too. Timmy Hill. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, he did get one, didn't he? Because he was. Yeah, so I kept talking about setup. <laughs> Guess the man had like a wooden desk. <laughs> And then they talked about like all their crazy stats of those eye racers, like combined, they had like so many hundreds of wins. Yeah. Like I thought that was cool. And then you had guys though, like Gordon and Clint that didn't have a clue what the hell they were doing. <laughs> oh, Clint was the best. Oh, and then and then Jimmy, remember Jimmy? Jimmy thought they were under caution, but they were they were still green laps, so he was going like forty five go. miles around the track, and ends up bringing out the caution. That was super funny. He's like, oh, my bad, guys. I thought we were under cautious. Like, you don't see the cars flying around you. That's great. Jimmy didn't have a clue what he was doing either. And then who was it? Hamlin that got the power down? Yep. Oh, yeah. His daughter turned the TV off while he was on the last few laps. 
Oh, that's great. Good you times. know, the whole thing kind of brought a weird situation, too, because I remember, I think it was the Bristol virtual race that they did, and I think Bubba Wallace up and quit after him and Boyer He rage-quitted. And, and Blue Emu... Dropped him. Uh, yeah. It dropped him. And for someone that, if you told that story, and then you told what happened now, you know, Bubba Wallace has ended up gaining a new team, new ride. And a ton and of like sponsors. To- and a ton of sponsorships. It's funny. Here's the thing. I didn't even know what Blue Emu was. until I did not know either. No, I didn't know what it was. And then I remember being at the commissary like a couple days after it happened. And I saw it. I, now, this was, granted, this was what, in like March or April? So I've already forgot what Blue Emu was. But that was the greatest thing that could have happened to them was Bubba Wallace rage quitting. Because I, that's when I found out what the product was. Granted, I forgot. Maybe if he was, they were still on Bubba's car. I know, I know they sponsor someone else, but it's not like a, a driver that people know the name of. Who was it that had like all kinds of products, like duct tape to their rig and stuff? Ty Dillon had Geico oh. everywhere, and then another driver, you're right, had it taped to everything. It was so great. It was like bottles of like lotion or shampoo or something. Like it, it was bottles. Who was that? He just like tied it to his wrist. And so then he, he did. To him. <laughs> that was so funny. Man, I don't oh, remember man. who that was. And it's funny too because whoever, I can't remember who it was, but whoever that driver was is not like a big name in NASCAR, but they got so much attention because they had their sponsorship everywhere. Yep. <clears throat> I can't. I don't know who that was now. No. Anthony Alfredo. No. Oh no. <clears throat> he just got. He just got kind of a promotion or a little bit more money. He just got partnered to uh, Twitch, so that man's oh, making nice. money off the off the real racetrack. And now he, you know, now he's partnered with Twitch, so now he's going to get a lot more sponsorships from that that end of things. And I, me personally, him, his on track performance actually. For me, warrants him getting you know a full time ride in at least the Xfinity series. I like Anthony Alfredo. I'm totally down to be a part of the Sauce Mafia. Oh, you all yeah. remember Pasta today? <laughs> yeah, right. Poor guy. <laughs> oh, that was a crazy. What thing. timing? That was a crazy thing that happened this year. There were a lot of crazy things that happened this year. I'm trying to think of what they were. I mean, NASCAR was the first sport in the U.S. to come, come back. back. Yeah. Not only that, they were the first sport to kind of start a uh, I guess a socialist movement is the wrong term it's <laughs> definitely to, the wrong term <laughs> yeah it's it's more of a they they were they came out and they started having a more accepting audience I don't know what the real word for it is but you know they they changed a lot of their perception from the outside people people that look outside at NASCAR I think they changed their perception a lot with what, you know, early well, on I think, with a lot of stuff that happened. I think they did for the people who are open to listen. You know, I think they lost a lot of fans, the sport did this year, but they're not really valuable fans that, that got lost, I don't think. Because if you're not willing to open your mind and listen to other people and you're just set in your ways and, like, it's this is how it is, period, dot, like, I'm not changing, I'm not willing to hear your point of view or your side, then you that's really that brings no value to the world. And it doesn't bring value to the sport. So the fans that the sport lost this year, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sorry that we're about to lose you too. Um, I really don't care for those people. But 
other side, exactly like you're saying, it did change some perception. I don't think it, it didn't change everyone's because a lot of people were like, oh, look, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag, but I still see it at races. So NASCAR was still doing, they were still trying. They're not going to get it right immediately. Everything's not going to change overnight. There's still the fans that didn't want to change um, that make the rest of us look bad as fans. But I also think they gained a decent chunk too. No, that's what I'm saying. Situation. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that completely. They and it gained fans from a demographic that wasn't really in the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean I don't mean just African Americans, black people. I don't I don't just mean that. I mean like northerners, people outside of the south, uh everybody really like it really opened people i think because it was the first to come back when it did and people also didn't have anything to watch who were into sports that helped too and then they were changing as they were doing it it was just i think nascar did a good job and i think it's only going to grow uh the fan base is only going to grow especially michael jordan coming in are you kidding me yeah, you would have never in a hundred years. Nope. You would have never told me no that Michael Jordan would have taken an investment in NASCAR. It was already me growing up. It was already weird to me to see Bill Lester. And if you don't know who Bill Lester is, listeners, please just look up that name and then you know talk to me later. But for me to look up to Bill Lester as personally one of my heroes because I've never seen somebody that looked like me be in actually NASCAR, not on the pit crew, not on the sidelines or anything like that. I've been in NASCAR races and up until the time that I saw Bill Lester, I thought I was the weirdest person in the world for being the only one that actually taking interest in NASCAR. And from me learning about Bill Lester, I accidentally learned about uh, Wendell Scott. And I, you know, I ended up watching the Wendell Scott documentary and to now have Bubba Wallace here, whether you like him or not, you know, on track or off track, he's still somebody that I look up to because there's just not that many. And now we've interviewed somebody like Jesse Luigi, who served in the military, like, you know, me, Steph, and Matt on the podcast. And we have a couple other guys coming up that I actually have, you know, a, a common interest uh, just, you know, racially where we all kind of looked the same. And I always just thought I was just somebody on the outside that never really had a place in a sport to even like or have taken interest in it. And this whole year has been kind of just a, a, a it's been an awakening for a lot of people. And yeah. even for myself, just with everything that's gone on. And, to you know, when we all met each other uh, a couple of years ago, it was kind of, you know, we always, we kind of had that like first like feeling out experience where we always, you know, we just started talking about NASCAR and I didn't know you guys like, yeah, I didn't know Steph like NASCAR as much as she did. And, you know, some people watch it casually, but it's the same thing when I met Matt, we all started talking about NASCAR and then I found a very strong bond to you guys just for the fact that we love the sport. Mm -hmm. I think it was fun. It was fun to talk to you anyways, because I think. I don't think it took that long to fill you out for real. I think it took a week and I was like, I, after the first day, I was like, I like this kid. And then after a week, it was like, I looked forward to talking to you every day. And especially, but, but it was, it wasn't just NASCAR. It was any sports with us, honestly, because I like talking to you during football season, but NASCAR, because there's not a lot of us, a lot of NASCAR fans and it's, very easy to get stationed at a new place and find somebody who likes football or basketball 
but it's not as easy to find somebody who actually likes NASCAR because I think what Matt we've met two in our shop yeah. here. Because everybody just likes that's like the easy sport to crap on. It is their go-to is literally oh they're just drive around in circles. <laughs> Bunch of dumb rednecks drinking beer watching cars go in circles. It is a blast. Guess, try it. Oh yeah, go to one race. I guarantee you, you will change your perspective. You know, that's funny. When I was stationed at Seymour, I had a friend, Jason, who's a black guy. He's from uh, Louisiana. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's from the New Orleans area because I want to say his family was really affected by Katrina. Um, But man, I've known Jason since my first base in Iceland. And I'm not going to tell people what year that was, but it was a long ass time ago. Um, We met in Iceland and then I saw him again when he was stationed in Germany and I was in in England. And then I went to Little Rock, he went to Seymour and then I met him again at Seymour. And the, um, was it the USO was giving out free tickets to our base to go to the Charlotte night race. So I was like, come on, Jason. And he was like, nah, I'm not about to go to some NASCAR race, predominantly white people in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I was like, I promise you, you will have the time of your life. Just come with me. And now he's a Denny Hamlin fan, unfortunately. But he, <laughs> do you know what? Denny nice. actually won that. Because you know, this was back when, I'm not trying to crap on Denny. I like Denny. And I don't like, it's like Kyle Bush. I like Kyle. I don't like Kyle. I go back and forth on him. Um, I remember when Jason, this was when Denny was a very, very young driver. And Jason was like, who should, who should I pull for? And I was like, I think you should be a Denny Hamlin fan. And then I think Denny came in second that race, I want to say. I don't think he came in first. I think Jamie McMurray ended up winning that race. But I think Denny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, Jamie Matt. That's how long ago it was. Shut <laughs> oh, up. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Jamie Mack won that race. And then I think Denny came in second. And that sold it for him. And I'm going to tell you what. We took 48 Bud Lights with us, and Jason probably drank five of them because everywhere we went, it was so weird for, like, it was so weird for an African-American to be there. So we're walking around the whole place because, obviously, the Charlotte Night Race, back when they had it, you showed up at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning if you weren't camping out the whole weekend. You showed up at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. The race didn't start till 6. You're drunk before the race even starts. So we're, yeah, we're walking all around the haulers and the track and just enjoying playing cornhole with people that we don't even know. And Jason, Jason had maybe five of my beers and he was hammered drunk because everywhere we went, they were like, Hey, have a beer. I didn't get offered one freaking beer. Not one. (laughs) And I'm, yeah, this was a while back. I was hella cute Uh back then. Like I was so angry. Like this is bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> Jason was wasted and he drank everybody oh, else's man. beer but he had a freaking blast I think it's like just the stigma that comes with it and wh- how people perceive yep. it but yep. and I'm sure that I'm I'm not black obviously so I don't know I've never been in that situation where like I go to a NASCAR race as a black person and feel awkward or weird but every time that I've been um, and someone uh not white has been with me i've never seen it i've never seen the prejudice or anything like that 
I've never witnessed it personally. But I haven't either. Have you gone through anything like that, Chris? Because I feel like sporting events are like the one place where like it doesn't matter. All that matters is who you root for. <laughs> I've I've been I've been to quite a bit of races, but I do remember I think my first race, I was like thirteen. I went to Talladega. And I was I was either thirteen or twelve or something like that, but it was the same year that Dale Jr. ran a black number eight car. I remember and that. And I think in the nationwide, I forget what it is. I think it's the nationwide series at the time. But Tony Stewart had the Old Spice car, and I seen that man flip in front of me, and I could have sworn, I swear to this day, I saw the white in his eyes because he flipped right <laughs> at the start finish. Um, uh, I did experience one you know racial abuse and i was a kid at the time and it was by like a very older gentleman i'm pretty sure he's probably not on the earth at this moment but that was my only experience i never told my parents about this until like way later but other than that it never stopped me from liking the sport i think uh just growing up and watching on tv every single weekend uh besides you know all the other sports that was my only time other than that um it opened my eyes i ended up watching a lot of other sports uh motor sports where you know i ended up watching f1 and australian supercars i got a little bit into the dirt series and for me to go to all these other different races nascar has always had that stigma and i never understood why besides the one incident that i had in talladega but it was just one of those weird things but other than that it's always been accepting i went to the indy 500 and i probably got the most like that's the free beer free drinks free food uh, you know ever and I, you know me being at the indy 500 and i went back the next year for brickyard thinking that was a one-time experience and indianapolis is a great place to be if you if you guys ever get a chance but um i've never been so welcomed by a community of everyone just loving the sport um just you know just off the like right off the bat yeah didn't know anybody and everyone's just really nice to you well, I hate that happened when you were 13. That's even worse. You're a freaking child. That makes me right. angry. <laughs> but I'm glad that that didn't deter you from coming back and investing in the sport. And I think, like, for me and what I see with a lot of fans when I'm actually at races is I think, in general, not speaking for the majority here because I don't know, um, but I think I want to say in general, we just want other people to like our sport as much as we do. You know, 100%. We just want people to be there screaming with us, cheering and enjoying it as much as we are. And we want people to understand why we like it. So when anybody new shows up, we're so excited. I, I love taking people to their first race. I have done it so many times. And it is one of the most fun things in the world. I remember I took my friend B. She's a tiny little um, Hispanic uh I don't even know the politically correct way to say it. Um, lesbian, I guess. Um, I took her. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know what's politically correct and incorrect anymore. Um, right. It's not going to offend B. So I took B with me, and she was the same way. She's like, I don't know. And I was like, but this time it was just me and B. When me and Jason went, we ha we took a couple other people with us. Um, <laughs> but when me and B went. I remember she put, she put, I brought muffs with me for her to put on and she's sitting there and I remember her just looking over at me at one point and screaming, this is the greatest effing thing I've ever experienced in my entire <laughs> life. And she's just like, 
in awe the entire race and she is ear to ear grinning and I'm like, yes, this is all I, I love introducing people to this sport. You know, I think I know, I think I found the science in it. So we grow up, you know, middle school, high school, everyone plays some type of sport yep. with a ball, football, basketball, Most soccer, people. it doesn't matter what it is. And, and, and that's what you grow up with. You've, you know, you've seen it at age 16, you've seen it in your teens. So when you see it in your twenties and someone takes you to like an NFL game, you might be excited. It's fine. But I think when someone takes you to a racetrack, that's the first initial thing. It's like, I've never seen this before. Besides I've seen it on TV. You take somebody new. The second thing is if you give your friend a t-shirt of any driver or something like that, they automatically have that shirt. So say it's Chase Elliott. All they're gonna do is see Hooters, Napa, all these other things. And in that point, unlike football, you know, sports teams, you either root for the home team or the away team. Yeah. In NASCAR, you have 40 to 43 back in the day. Options. You have 43 yeah. other drivers and options to cheer for. Yeah. So if you saw somebody with uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that's kind of in the backfield. Quinn House. Um, you know, Dick yeah, Trickle was the a, best. Yeah. <laughs> so you see somebody like a Dick Trickle or a Quinn House shirt, you know, you saw the exact same person wearing, you know, a different, you know, the same shirt. You kind of already had that connection to that person. Mm-hmm. So whenever he did pass somebody, even if it was for like 28th, you and the other, you know, you and that other person looking at each other, you fist pump. Yeah. So to have something like a junior nation, you know, we talk about like, you know, the Panthers Nation. Um, Matt, I always forget what team you He's a team Falcons you for, fan. So, you know, dirty you had, Birds, baby. Yeah, so you had the Dirty Birds, and then, like, I'm a Broncos fan, so we had the Orange Crush. But those are just a team. That's a group of people. But when you have a driver, you know, you had Junior Nation. That's probably one of the big. that's the biggest at this moment. Right now, we have Chase Elliott. But if you have, like, your little tiny, tiny clique of people where you see, like, a Michael Walter, you know, T-shirt, like, a old Michael Walter Napa, you know, people really gelled together whenever you saw something that you had an interest in. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up, like, the stick and ball sports. I took Matt's wife to her first football game, um, and it was the Panthers versus the Cardinals. When we were in Cali, we drove down to Arizona to go to it, and we were, like, six rows back from the 45-yard line on the visitor's side. So, like, Ooh. Greg Olson was in reach. And, um, it was, it's funny that you bring up, like, if you, if you're wearing a Quinn house shirt and you see one other person with a Quinn house, this chick is wearing a Tennessee Titans jersey and manages to find the one other Tennessee Titans fan in that entire stadium. (laughs) Right. And they just like fell in love with each other. It was super like how in Arizona, I don't even know. What are the chances? I don't even. That stadium's gorgeous, though. Have you been to a game there yet, Chris? I have not, because the season wasn't going on. Right. When, uh, when, when things happen, I'll just say things. Went to every other sport. Went to Diamondbacks game. Did everything else, but have not seen the cards. They're letting fans in right now, but I'm not about to pay premium prices. Right. You know, for half the experience. Yeah, we went there. It was. I think was it Labor Day weekend. It was. I think so. I want to say it was like, or maybe it was September 12th. I don't know. But it was like 106 freaking degrees. But I'm telling you, once you got within 50 feet of those doors, you could feel the AC pumping out of that building. Oh, it was it's like walking into a refrigerator. Oh, God. It was so comfortable inside. So comfortable. And I'm telling you, because I was not sober because Christine was like, 
well, this is Steph's game. So she was like, I don't really have a dog in this fight. Granted, she was pulling for the Panthers because she had DJ Moore in her fantasy team. Um, so she's pulling for the Panthers, and she's in blue, so she matched us better anyways. But because it's my game, uh, she's going to go get me beers while I just while I sit there and cheer. So I was not sober at all. But I'm jumping up and down, screaming my head off like I should have been sweating like a dog. That stadium is so nice. So nice. You got to go when they open back up. Oh, I definitely will. Uh, I, I like the team that they got there now. I like the upside that that team has with, you know, the young talent. And hopefully I could see Larry Fitzgerald one more season. Probably won't, but uh, to, <laughs> he's a, to see a legend like he's that. He's a future Hall no, of Famer. I want to do that. Yeah, I definitely want to see them. <laughs> uh, I like Larry Fitzgerald. It was cool. <laughs> it, was, it was cool seeing him. But I, I about got into a fight with a Cardinals fan at that game. Because every time Larry would catch a ball, the whole stadium would chant, Larry, Larry. Well, Larry Fitzgerald dropped a pass right in front of me. So I started chanting, Larry, Larry. <laughs> and then I looked around at all the Cardinals fans and I was like, no, not this time. Oh, okay. <laughs> and this one dude started cussing me out. And he was like, he was like, that's Larry Fitzgerald. I said, I know who the... Larry Fitzgerald is and he's like that's a future Hall of Famer I said I know that too doesn't doesn't mean he, he caught that ball though like chill yeah. out bro it's football why are you getting so sensitive it was fun that's probably where the people get the most crazy is at football games 100% 100% well actually like any team sporting event you know what's funny I did see two drunk rednecks get into it in Vegas in the parking lot I had it on video at one point because we couldn't get, we couldn't get out of the parking lot, dude. We couldn't get out of the parking lot, and this one redneck. Because the problem was, this dude was hammered drunk, and he's coming down. Yeah. And parking at Vegas is not amazing, anyways. Um, Vegas was cool. It's not a race that I would go to every year. I would definitely, definitely. We're obviously going back, Matt. Um, but the parking is atrocious, and um, I agree. I. I wholeheartedly agree. That's probably one of the worst. Is it not one of the worst? Because, so, I don't know if you guys park in the same place I park, but I can remember vividly that when there's no race there, you can just drive up to the track. But when it's race weekend, they send you all the way to the back, almost back to the highway. Like a mile away. Make you go, yes, make you go a mile away, then take a right, and then you're basically on the, was it that, that dirt track that's right there? You like park right next to the dirt track, and then you have to walk like a mile and a half to the gate, while you know managing not to get hit by track. Uh huh. Because that's where the main gate's at. And it's 110 degrees because it's the desert. Yep, that's ridiculous. Absolutely miserable, but. But I appreciate this information because that's telling me that's about a 12 pack walk. Uh, <laughs> might be, might be more than that. Might be doing shotguns beforehand. No, Matt can't shotgun a beer. What was it? What? He could not. No. You no. know what's so funny is before we played each other, was it the second time this season? I told I yep. told Matt, I was like, all right, let's shotgun these. And I put mine down. And Matt, Matt can't take the tiniest pill. He has to take his pills over the sink and he's gagging the whole time. He'll spit that shit right into the sink <laughs> yep. every single time. So it being cold and just trying to go down his throat so quickly, he nah. gags. He can't do it. Okay, so he tried real hard for me, though. Okay, so I did. I'll eat the pickle, and then you have to shotgun the beer. So, is there a time on it? Uh, Well, no, because I don't think I can eat a whole damn pickle. (laughs) 
<laughs> I gotta shotgun my beer before you finish your pickle. That would definitely be a race. <laughs> I remember. Find something for I'm liking this. Idea. I was like halfway through my second beer, and I walked to the living room. I was like, "Dude, are you still trying to get that beer down?" Because that put mine down. My eyes were watering, obviously, because that sh- it was ice cold. I don't even know it why that was. beer was so cold. But it's so cold. I got mine down. I just chunk chunk it into the uh, trash can. My eyes are watering. Wipe my eyes. Go get another beer. I'm in the living room for kickoff. And Matt's still standing over the sink trying to get this beer down. I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? I ain't about to waste it. I'll sit there and get it down as quick as I can. But I, I can't. I don't know how people do it, man. So let's go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Let's get your worst takes. Your greatest takes. What would you change? about kfb's career um i don't really know his career that well so i guess from what little i know or your greatest memories of him then maybe not his career but your memories okay well then i mean the greatest is obviously any any interview he does yeah is amazing that is my greatest, and I hope they keep coming, and I'd like to see more of them. So that would that would be what I'd change. I don't care where we're at or where he finishes. We need to get a camera on him to get his viewpoint of whether he won or whether he finished first or last. I just want to hear what he's got to say because it's always entertaining. I think sometimes, though, he's pretty muted. So, like, if he doesn't come, if he doesn't, like, get wrecked out and he just has a race where he finishes in fourth and nothing crazy happens – to make it happen, he just had a mediocre car and he manages to finish fourth. Like, he's kind of boring. Yeah, but, sometimes. But then there's, like, you can, I don't know, maybe I just see something different. Because like, he's like, I, I don't know, man. We had we had a car to win. We didn't win. It's, it's whatever. It's like, oh, I know he is steaming right oh, now. Oh, I like to see him steaming, but he I doesn't know. say no, it. No, he's, he's trying to figure out who he can blame. Yeah. What's the worst thing that you've seen in his career? Um... I guess just him winning one race this year. Yeah. That's all I can recollect because the man can drive. He can. I I expect him to at least get a handful of wins every season. Uh, And, yeah, that's pretty much all I can remember. What about you, Chris? Oh, man. Uh, I probably have to start with my worst take. My worst take for Kyle Busch. is him and the Ron Horner day at Texas Incident. You I stupid. Think. That was mine. <laughs> oh, that was mine. More. I can think of plenty more. Uh, I can think of plenty more. Go ahead. Take it. You know, I'll, I'll leave that one for you. No, go uh, ahead. I don't I even want it now. So yeah, the Ron Horner incident, that was, uh, that was pretty egregious. Um, I forgot he even got banned. I don't even think he got banned. I think he just got fined. But no, he was, got, uh, he got, he got banned. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's very rare to see NASCAR drivers get banned straight up, you know, straight up after after a incident like that. Um, but I have no idea what you're talking. So, about. <laughs> was it after the race or was it during under caution? It was under caution. So at Texas, they were racing trucks at Texas, and I believe Kyle Busch got spun out by Ron Horner Day, who at the time, because Kyle Busch was still like, you know, you know. One foot in, one foot out in the truck series. He wasn't like a full-time truck driver. And Ron Hornaday was the points leader at the time. For so, the championship. Yeah, for the championship. And it was coming down to like the last couple of races because it wasn't like early on. So Kyle Busch uh, got spun out, I think, by Ron Hornaday. 
took it upon himself uh, to caution comes out. Yeah, under caution, go full speed from turn two all the way to turn four. Find Ron Hornaday. You can hear it on live TV of his, his father saying, yes. it's not worth it. Please stop don't it. do it. Yes, he's <laughs> screaming at him to stop. Stop it. Don't do it. Calm down. It's not worth it. He gives a couple oh, nudges goodness. to Ron Hornaday. And this is all, you know, this is live TV. Everyone's watching this live TV. He gives a couple of nudges, nudges to Ron Hornaday. Then decides to pit his car in the right rear of Ron Hornaday's truck and fully gas it. Sending Ron Hornaday yep. and his car a good... 60, 70 miles per hour under caution in the car. I would say more than that, dude. They'd Probably, like yeah. At least 70, I would say. Oh, man. The rest of the track is is like 30, is 45 everyone miles an hour. Everyone was going pits, I think. I think everyone was pitting. They're the only two yeah. cars. And Hornaday's speeding up because he sees this psychopath coming after him. And you know Hornaday's spotter is sitting there like, get away from him. Yeah. So he's going fast, too, which is only making Kyle go faster to catch up to him. Yeah, I got to show you the clip that of that. Is, that was my worst was take great. also. That's probably the, one of the worst things that I've ever seen. And yes. I, that's, and that's not, that's period. Not just Kyle yeah. Busch's career. That is the, one of the nastiest things I've ever seen. That's borderline evil right so, there. Yeah. So that, that's my worst take. I think my best take is, probably has to just be his comeback season. Even though it was with an asterisk, uh, the man broke both his legs. It wasn't like minor minor injuries no nah, he didn't hurt his pinky his, yeah he broke both his legs came back won a couple of, it wasn't just one race like he did this year he come, came back and won you know multiple yeah. races and then obviously went to homestead and won the championship now while it has an asterisk that's a feat that a lot of people i probably say 90 percent of the the cup drivers right now probably could not do if they had the same injury and the same car and everything else. Um, so I think that's my greatest take of Kyle Busch, and that just shows a testament of how good of a driver he is or could be. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's anything I would change, I don't know. He That man is such a polarizing character in the sport. I don't want to take away that villain status that he has. Not at all. You know, that, that we all love about him. But I do yeah. wish that him and his brother, I think, they, they both had that, that villain status early on. Kurt definitely had the villain status, and he had anger issues and stuff like that. But I think if Kyle Busch kind of just reeled it back a little bit more, I, I know that there's a lot of times that we have interviews with him, and he has so many one-liners or catchphrases. But um, I think him over the radio, he could be a little bit calmer in his demeanor uh, to his team. I think he's a dick to his team. Yeah, <laughs> to his yeah. team, I think he could definitely change uh, how he treats his teammates. I think his, that's his one of my crew. bigger things with Austin Dillon. He's the same way to his crew. And I'm just like, I guarantee these guys are out there doing the best that they can right now. They're not intentionally trying to screw you over. So calm this down. Yeah. They yeah. definitely make as much money. So they wouldn't screw you over. Right. What'd you guess? Seth? Um, well, I don't even know anymore. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's still going to be my worst take. I don't care because it's literally the worst thing that I've ever seen Kyle Busch do. Um, If I just went off this season, like he kind of, he annoys me sometimes how he sits there and like makes excuses for himself. Like when he wrecked chase and he said that he just misjudged like Martin Truex misjudged when he came up on chase and wrecked them both. That was a misjudgment by an inch or two. 
Kyle Busch did not misjudge by three damn feet. Come on. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I honestly, I think the Hornaday thing was the worst. But for this season, that was probably the worst. And also how long it took him to win because I didn't even know if he was going to do it this season. He did not look like he was in the position at all. Ever. No. Nope. I didn't think it was going to happen at all. And on the real, I feel like that those three rain delays every time they went out there to like drivers turn return to their cars and stuff i feel like the team just tweaked it a little bit and kyle just didn't get caught like because he dominated texas when we came back um and it didn't make sense for the way he's ran the entire rest of the season um that would probably be my 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 worst is how long it took him um it could also be my best because like you said earlier matt i love that he's gone 16 years because i just think that's awesome um yeah. I think one of the my best things for Kyle Busch, though, is, and I think it's a side that people don't see, is he is really good to his fans. And if you're not a fan of Kyle Busch, you don't see it because you're not in the position to see it. Um, but I know there's a video out there of Kyle's driving down the road. He's leaving a track. And I want to say it was probably Martinsville or something because I, I don't remember. I don't even know if it tells you, but he's he's not driving someone else is driving the car and he's in the passenger seat and he pulls up alongside this vehicle and the vehicle has the driver has a Kyle Busch hat on. So Kyle rolls down his window and yells at the guy in the other car. The other guy starts freaking out and Kyle asks him for his hat. The guy takes his hat off, hands it through windows to Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch autographs it and gives it back. Like, I think that's a side of Kyle that people don't see because we're so used to his on track villain persona and his temper and his attitude and him cussing and screaming and blaming everybody for whatever. And so they don't realize that he's actually a good guy, but he's so good to his fans. And I think that's awesome. Um, if I could, Oh, I would change the way he handled the Hornaday thing. But at the same time, we don't have any, we, it's something I'll never forget. So I kind of like having that in my memory bank and bringing it up in conversation sometimes. So I don't know. I don't think I'd change anything either because he is exactly who we need him and want him to be in the sport. And if we didn't have that villain, I'm not sure the sport would be as entertaining from like the reality drama part of it. You know what I mean? And I think everything kind of needs that. Every sport kind of needs it. Like it's always amusing in football when two teams fight, you know, when you see them start throwing punches on the field and teams running out on the field, that's always amusing. So Kyle Busch brings something to the sport that wouldn't be there, I don't think, if he wasn't in it. Or, I mean, maybe somebody else would fill the shoes, but Kyle's perfect. Perfect yeah, for it. No, that's a fair point. So I don't think I'd change anything. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Hopefully Kyle's around for a long time, and hopefully he doesn't calm down in his old age and stop entertaining us, because that would be sad. But I imagine he'll get more ornery. I hope so. And then he's running the same package next year. So, and he didn't have much luck with it this year. So we'll see how next season goes. But yeah, so that's pretty much a wrap on episode 18, Kyle freaking Bush. Um, if you guys want to follow us on social media, we are at NASCAR WTN on Twitter and Instagram and Fast Cars and Freedom on Facebook. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, Make sure you hit us with a like, follow, subscribe, 
That way you can guarantee you stay up to date with whenever the new episodes drop. Yeah, sorry I didn't get an episode out last week, guys. I was not feeling it, but we're back now and I'm feeling a lot better. So if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, or you want to send us something that you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, you can send us an email at fastcarsandfreedomwtn at gmail.com. Well, it's been fun, guys. That's it for episode 18. Hope to see you in Victory Lane.